what is up, friends of the internet? You are listening to episode 13 of Perfection Unfolding with me, Kara G. 13 episodes, you guys. I could have written an album. Where's my Grammy? Hmm? Also, shout out Victoria Monet. That's my girl. She has been my top artist, my top artist for like minimum two, three years now. I just, her Jaguar album number one, fave. Jaguar album number two, fave. She's number one in my heart, that's for sure. That's enough about the Grammys. 12 episodes, guys. I am so excited to be here. How are you doing? Hmm? Happy Tuesday. Can you believe I didn't start with that? How dare I? Um, we're going to jump straight into the gift of gratitude section because I didn't plan to make a long show today, but guess what happened? I started a little tip tapping my little fingies and I wrote out nine pages of stuff. So we're going to get into it. <laughs> this is a good thing. It means I'm in flow. It means I'm doing something that's important to me. I am actively recovering my creativity in doing this work. So I'm never going to apologize for that. Um, except for to myself, because you know, I do these late at night, but for whatever reason, the rush of waiting to the last second to know exactly what I'm going to talk about and bring it all together just gives me such satisfaction. Like, and it's just instant gratification. So I'm just going to keep doing it this way because I enjoy it. And it's the one day a week that I go to bed a little bit later and that I spend time writing and just kind of feeling like tingly in my body. Um, so right into the gift of gratitude section, you know, the deal, if you um, are able to sit in a comfortable position, sit up nice and tall and you're, whether you're at the office, if you're driving, you know, maybe sit up in your little seat. Um, if you are driving, do not close your eyes, but if you aren't and you're able to close your eyes, I invite you to close your eyes. And we are going to take three long, deep, juicy breaths together. Just to center ourselves. I like to breathe as a, as a way to ground myself in the present moment. And if I never explained it in that way before, please forgive me. But that's essentially what we're doing. We're grounding ourselves in the present. We are putting down any distractions around us and just getting center with our body so we can be ready to A, take in this information and or even if you pause this and don't come back to it at all the rest of the day, at least you gave yourself 10, 15, 30 seconds of you time in your day, which can feel like an eternity if you don't have any you time anywhere else. So get seated, get comfy, kind of feel your booty on the seat, maybe you're on the ground, maybe you're laying down. Close your eyes. And I want us to take three deep breaths together. First inhale, we go. And we exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Release that tension in your shoulders and inhale. And exhale. Mmm, that feels nice. After just sitting here busting through all this typing. It feels good to just take a breath, take a breather. My body is so sore because I've been working out recently and yesterday I decided to dance for the first time. So every time I'd breathe in, I could just feel all of the soreness in my shoulders and my neck and my back. But it's a good soreness. Like it feels good to be sore. 
And that's actually number one of my gift of gratitude list. I am so grateful for my body and how hard she works for me. You guys, I am, I just finished up my second, I'm finishing up like my, I finished up my second week of my weight lift, my weight training and like just being active every day, like full straight two weeks. I did that on Sunday and I ended it with a glute, a glute focused leg day. And when I tell you, like I upped the weight and I really freaking pushed myself and my body was like, girl, we see you. We hear you. We're going to match your same energy. And she motherfucking pulled through for me. And today my glutes are sore. And I'm like, yes, build that shelf, bitch. Ow. <laughs> because I know that like the only way to get to where I want to be is with, with, with some, with some dedication, with some hard work. And I'm so grateful for my body. And I love, I know soreness isn't exactly, you know, an indicator that you had a good workout or whatever, but like, for me, it just feels good. It feels like I'm using my body. Um, in a way that I haven't been using her and it feels good. And she's rewarding me by showing me the little micro changes that are happening in my body and how she feels during the day. And also like I'm entering, I'm about to enter my, enter my, um, my bleed, like my monthly bleed. Ow. So sexy. And I've been in my luteal phase for the last three, four days. And I'm going to be in my luteal phase for the next two or three days. And my body's so tired. Like, she's so tired. I danced yesterday, which is cardio. The first time I've done cardio in two months, especially in the, the form of dance. And I pushed her. I was like, you can do the dance better. You can do the dance better. You can. You got one more in you. Push harder. Do the musicality better. I was just like, boom, 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 just throwing this stuff at her. Like, you can do better. You can do this. You can do that. And she was like, I can't. I can't. I have to breathe. I need to rest. I'm sweaty. And I was like, yes, you can, bitch. I believe in you. And she was like, you know what? I believe in me too. And my body, like the, the last round of that routine that I taught myself. And was it perfect? No. But it is better than it was when I started. And for that, I'm so grateful. So number one, I'm so grateful for my body and how hard she works and how much stronger she's getting and so quickly. Like, I'm telling you, every time I start moving my body again, she's like, yay, oh my God, bitch, where have you been, you stupid little hoe? Again, she's joking. I know she's not being serious. She's not really calling me a stupid hoe. Um, and I just get so excited because I'm like, yay, we're working together again. I love that I'm doing this for us and that, you know, you're cooperating with me. Um, I'm grateful for my patience. And a caveat to that is I'm grateful for situations that test my patience. Um, and that's me turning on, turning something that happened to me this week on its head where I got incredibly frustrated and um, impatient with uh, some people that I work with and, um, you know, probably has to do with the fact that I'm in my luteal phase. I'm a little more irritated, a little more irritable, whatever. But after a day of sulking and just being overall annoyed, um, I was just kind of like, bro, like, it's fine. It really is fine. Like, this is just a, this is just a test to see if you've actually integrated some of the work that you've been doing. <laughs> You know, and turns out I'm still a human being with an ego who still gets frustrated and who still experiences impatience. And part of the work, quote unquote, is not about becoming this like unfeeling robot person. It's just about 
learning to deal with situations in a healthier way, which is exactly what I did. And same, it's the same thing with weight training. They like, I love that quote that it's like, the weights don't get lighter, you just get stronger. And that's all this is. It's just practice. We just out here practicing and I'm out here practicing patience. You know, like, do you really have patience if you're never around people who don't annoy the fuck out of you? Hmm? I think not. But if you are, if you do have patience around people who annoy the fuck out of you, I think you've leveled up. I think you've you've reached ascension. Okay. Like call me if you have the answers to that, because I'm still working on it. Okay. Um, I am grateful for for people in the world who remind me who I am and also who I no longer want to be. This goes hand in hand with my impatience. Um I found myself being really triggered just by being in by being in a chaotic environment recently like and sometimes this environment is enjoyable and sometimes this environment is not and i think what i realized is that i like a balance you know but the other people in this environment don't really know they that's not that's not their vibe like they don't need a balance they just live in that chaotic energy all the time and for them i say good for you you know I used to be a person who like who like liked to live in chaos all the time because I also lived in apathy all the time. So it's like I was apathetic to my chaos. I was just like, this is just my life and who I am. And I don't really care because I'm sad and depressed and yada yada. But I'm no longer that person anymore. Like I I require balance. I require peace. I require um organization and and patience and kindness and compassion. And, you know, chaos doesn't always lend itself to those things. I think a little bit of chaos can be fun sometimes, you know, it can be goofy, it can be fun, it can be playful, um, it can be enjoyed. Um, but I don't live there all the time anymore. And so it, I'm, I'm being reminded, at least I've, I've been reminded recently that, that that is no longer the case for me. And I appreciate that reminder. Again, is it annoying as fuck to be in a situation that you don't want to be in? Absolutely. But I am grateful to, to be given the opportunity to experience that contrast and to realize I no longer want to experience that contrast, <laughs> which leads me into um, my next thing that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my ability to pivot even when I'm frustrated, right? <laughs> These are all speaking to the same situation, but... Because I've had a couple of days to think about it, I've had a couple of days to just find the insight and to squeeze the perfection out of the situation, right? Don't you love that? Don't you love how I'm on brand? Um, yeah, my ability to pivot even when I'm frustrated, like that is a skill that I've developed because I've cultivated more patience in my life, because I've cultivated more compassion in my life, because I've I've created a relationship with myself where I take radical responsibility for what I'm experiencing right? Because nobody can make you feel anything. Can people be dicks? Yes. Can people be annoying? Yes. Can people be chaotic? Yes. Can people be disrespectful? Yes. But they can't make you feel some type of way, right? Like you feel that way because they're reminding you of some old thing that like, that hurts your feelings or they're just being generally a shitty person in the world, you know? But like, just be like, it's, not helpful to ha let somebody else have that much power over your feelings, to have pa complete control over how you experience the world and the perspective that you have because of the energy that they're bringing to the table. Like, 
I no longer want to be a slave to that, right? I no longer want people to have control over me in that way. So I have developed this ability to still maintain a certain degree of control over my emotions in situations that do frustrate me, that do trigger me, that do hurt my feelings. Um, and that control looks like me not engaging in an unhelpful way back, right? That that looks like me taking a beat and just letting my feelings be hurt, right? Like today, I, or like last week, I found myself just walking um, to, like I was at work and I was walking to an assignment and I could feel this like frustration building up inside of me. And I was like making up the story and this like, and my chest was getting tight and I was getting so angry. I made up the story about, you know, how my coworkers don't appreciate me and my coworkers don't value me and they don't care that I'm there and like all this stuff. And whether that's true or not, I don't know because I didn't ask. It doesn't matter. Like what was true is that I was feeling lonely in that moment. I was feeling sad in that moment. I was feeling frustrated in that moment. And I stopped walking. I turned off all of the stories that were just running in circles around in my head. And I was just like, just be sad. And I stood there and I just cried. And I was just bawling in the middle of the snowy forest <laughs> with the with the realization that like what I was feeling was just a culmination of like interactions that made me feel incredibly unseen and incredibly like unvalued and lonely. I was just feeling lonely. And that's not a new feeling. That's an old feeling. But they just, for whatever reason, triggered that feeling in me and on that given day of, of that week because of whatever they did. You know, I don't even remember what it was, but it just, that's just what happened. I was like, just be sad. Just, I just stopped and I was like, be sad. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have that kind of that skill at hand to just be able to feel my feelings and just, and then it just passed. And I was like, God bless. Um, I'm grateful for my affinity for finding solutions to problems quickly. Um, <laughs> a problem was that I felt, I feel unseen, unvalued and alone. And part of the solutions of part of the solution to that problem is self-soothing myself and leaning on my friends who actually care about me and reaching out to them and connecting with people who love me who can remind me that I am valued that I am special um and not being a victim to my situation you know like yes do my do I still have pity parties I do I do but they just don't last days weeks months years decades anymore they last a couple hours maybe a day or two and then I'm like is this even true like what are you doing <laughs> you know um, I'm grateful for my ability to manifest at what feels like the speed of light. Literally last week, what did I say? Last week I was like, I'm focusing on increasing my capacity for sitting in my shit, right? Increasing my capacity for sitting in discomfort. And what did this week bring me? A whole shit ton of discomfort. And guess what? I increased my capacity to sit in it. Like I manifested the hell out of that. I did that, bro. <laughs> fucking did that and it gave me the opportunity to grow and it gave me the opportunity to learn and I can't help but be grateful for that like turn up I asked for that I was given that I can't be mad I am grateful for how quickly I process information again that goes hand in hand with what I was just talking about just like the ability to be able to assess a situation like 
figure out what's wrong, figure out what I'm feeling and figuring out what I need to do to like move through it. And usually just the, the really the only solution is to just feel my feelings. Like that's it. But it's just about figuring out when, where, how. Um, and then, you know, how do I not avoid that situation again, but like just assess how I did, I guess. I don't know. I think I've just always been a little scientist at heart. I've always been doing little hypothesis hypotheses on myself. Um, and my brain just moves really quickly and I'm grateful for that. To have the ability to observe myself, even if it's biased, I'm sure I'm biased. Like I'm positive I'm biased. I am not above being biased. Um, but that is something that I value. It's something that I've always, I've always done. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for how sensitive I am to the world. Bro, I've been crying nonstop. <laughs> nonstop. I've been happy crying nonstop. And I used to think that this was like the biggest burden and that I was just like an obnoxious, overly emotional little baby bitch. But now I think it's it's my favorite thing about myself. Like I will cry if I see a small animal. I will cry if I see somebody expressing themselves to the nth degree. Like watching somebody be creative, like makes me sob. <laughs> Watching people be in flow and like do what they love makes me sob. I did that many times this week. And I'm grateful for that sensitivity because it's like, that's why the fuck we're here is to have feelings and to feel things, like to relate and to experience the full spectrum of human emotion. At least that's what I choose to believe. And I am fucking living, breathing that philosophy every single day of my life. And lastly, I am grateful for how powerful I am. Even if it makes me feel lonely at times. Um, and that's the truth. I um, Part of the vision that I'm building out for myself is to be surrounded by powerful people in the sense that they are fully embodied people. Like to, to me, being fully embodied is like the most powerful, sexy, attractive thing. Like not even sexually, romantically, just attractive. Like People who are fully embodied are magnetic. And I think the more of this work that I'm doing, the more magnetic I become. Um, and sometimes I downplay that and sometimes I don't. And I like being, I like playing with that, with that power. I know I have a lot of power. Like when I walk into a room, like people notice when I walk out of a room, people notice like, when I'm showing up in my power, obviously, like when I'm just trying to be a mousy little mousy girl, no, like who's going to fucking notice me? Nobody. But I like being able to turn that off and on. I like having that. I like being able to control that in that way. Not that control is my goal, but I do find it fun. Um, but however, doing the kind of work that I'm doing and thinking the things that I'm thinking and like it just people I'm realizing either don't relate to me or I don't relate to how they relate to me. <laughs> and I take full responsibility. Like that might be a me problem. Like that might be a block that I have and I'm fully open to, to that being true. Um, but just something I've been thinking about. I am grateful for how powerful I am because I am an incredibly powerful person. I have done some really cool things and made some really cool things happen. And, um, we're all powerful, right? Like we all have the ability to be fully embodied and to 
magnetize ourselves, you know? Um, I think it's just a matter of knowing yourself and knowing what you're about and getting clear on your vision. Like, and I'm in the middle of doing that. And so I know I haven't even fully powered up yet, but just the glimpses of power being fully embodied that I have experienced that felt so incredible. It felt so aligned. And that was like me doing it chaotically. Like I can only imagine what's going to happen when I'm doing things intentionally. So, wow, 20 minutes of gratitude. Don't you love that? <laughs> um, some life updates. I'm going to do what I did last week. And I'm going to talk about what I've been struggling with and then how what I've been focusing on to help combat those struggles. Um, a lot of them have to do with kind of what I spoke about in my gratitude section. Um, I've been struggling with feelings of, well, I haven't been struggling with the feelings. Um, the feelings are just there and it's a struggle. Um, feelings of disappointment and how others relate to me. Just spoke on that. Feeling unvalued and uncared for by the people I'm surrounded by. Here's the thing. And I know some people I, I work adjacent to listen to the podcast. And please, like, I'm, this is not bad. I'm just, this is my truth, okay? Just, just love me for who I am, okay? I have no problem taking risks and, like, going on little adventures and side quests to see if things are for me or if they're not for me. And what I realize is that obviously this is, this has been true my entire life. Like and this is true for every person. Like not everywhere you go is going to be a hit. Okay. And even though where I'm at right now, in a lot of ways, I asked for this and I needed this isolation and I needed this time to like, to really get clear about who I am and what I want. I was hoping that it would be an experience that like where I would meet like-minded people and I would meet creative people that I could lean on for support or inspiration, who they could lean on me for support and inspiration, um, to be a part of a community of people who were like me. Because I have workplace trauma in the sense that I've always been kind of a team of one. Like, yes, I've had coworkers, but I've never worked with anybody who does what I do, who's good at what I do, who I can vibe with on that level, right? Like, and my previous job, there was one person who, in theory, I should have been able to relate to, but I just wasn't. Um, and so I've just felt like an island. I've just felt like a lonely island my entire professional life. And um, I thought, oh, like, I'll be working with a team full of people who do similar things to me. Like, they have similar interests. Like, they're, they're all the same place I'm trying to be. You know, there's got to be some kind of synchronicity there. and. I don't deny that there isn't, um, but I just realized like these just aren't my people and that's okay. You know, I, I don't think they have any interest in being my people and that's okay. And I let it hurt my feelings for about 24 hours, maybe, maybe 48. And I just realized like, you know, why am I putting so much effort in, in trying to be friends and, in like, cause I just naturally care about everybody that I'm around. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I guess I just have this like nurturing energy. Like I want to help people and I want to, and I want to be there for people. And I want I want people to feel seen and heard and valued. Right. Because guess what? That's how I don't feel. I don't feel that from, from very many people in the world. And so I want to, and I know what that feels like. So I want to give that. Right. And that's just not always reciprocated. And I realized, like, because I'm a human being, like, as much as I wish I could just give and give and give, there is, there has to be a sense of reciprocity 
or I just totally burn out. I totally deplete myself of my good energy and my vibes. And like, then I start pouring from an empty cup and I'm like, yo, what am I doing? Like, and I am a recovering people pleaser. And I I continue to say recovering because, you know, even though I haven't really had any people pleaser tendencies in the last two-ish years, especially professionally, Jesus Christ, I definitely do not over, over, um, work in a professional sense anymore, especially for people who don't care about me. But I have found myself because I am living with these people, I'm working with these people, like wanting to show up and wanting to be, you know, I, I kind of came in full force and like I started sharing myself and inter- interjecting myself the way one, a person, you know, not that they should do, but that you could do to in, to become a part of a community. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be open and willing and ready. And that's how I, and that's exactly how I showed up here. Even though I was still grieving, even though I was still sad, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to put my whole pussy into this experience. <laughs> Excuse my French, you know, because why else would I be here? You know, if I'm not going to try. And I've been doing that for the last two months. And, um, and I'm just, and I kind of just took a step back and realized like, oh, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, nobody is interested in, in my life in the way that I wish they would, they were, nobody's interested in reciprocity. Like nobody's interested in the things that I'm interested in. Because again, I don't want to just be this like healer person who's like, people come to for, for advice or whatever. Like I want people to inquire about me. Like I also have struggles. I also have things I'm going through. Like, and yes, am I an internal processor? I am. Like, do I, do I go through things in an isolated way and then come out and then I'm ready to share? Absolutely. But it's like, I think for me, I just, I kind of, my wires got kind of crossed because I am living with these people and I go see them at work and it's just kind of like very blurred lines. So there's this like kind of false sense of friendship. And it's sad because they're friends, you know, and I'm just kind of this random person who just kind of showed up. And, and I totally understand, like, they don't owe me anything. They don't owe me their friendship. I guess I was just hoping that, you know, they would just see how awesome I was and just be like, I want to be your friend, you know? And that's not to say there aren't people here who, who want to do that. Like, I totally, I totally recognize that, but I just, some people just aren't your people and, um, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be sad about it. It's okay to be mad about it. It's okay to just feel whatever you feel about it. Like whatever wounds come up for you, if that ever happens, like just let them be what they are. Um, and for me, just, I just, I had to pull back a little bit. I had to pull back and I'm just kind of not showing up as, as like my bare minimum, but like, because I still want to show up in integrity and I still want to show up as myself, regardless of how people are around me. But that's just going to look a lot differently moving forward. Like it's just going to look a lot. I'm just going to be, um, I guess waiting for more invitations, right? And it's not to play a game. It's just to like, it's just to help me create more discernment in my relationships. Like I am not a perfect person when it comes to relationships. I'm still learning about myself every day. And I think that's something that, you know, I haven't been put in the position to make new friends in a while. I haven't really been interested in making new friends in a while. And so this was kind of like an opportunity where I was like open, right? And and also where I was just met with more disappointment. So I'm also struggling with 
feeling disappointed, especially by men, <laughs> specifically. Um, I do find it hilarious that I went from a relationship, well, a breakup from a man who could no longer show up for me the way I needed him to because of his own struggles to then moving into a house full of men who just could care less to show up for me in any way. Um, and I'm, I'm not the, the, the irony is not lost on me. I will tell you that much. <laughs> I think I'm just realizing I'm a glutton for punishment and or a masochist. I can't, you know, they kind of, they're kind of synonymous for me right now, but, um, anyway, that's that on that. Um, I am struggling with feeling grateful and, um, oh wait, no, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this goes hand in hand with what I just spoke about. I'm struggling with being the only one in my immediate surroundings with the skills to repair relationship and cultivate healthy ones. It's incredibly annoying being told I have to continue changing because people around me don't have the capacity or skills to adapt and level up. I'm not going to elaborate on that. I'm just gonna let that be what it is. Use your imagination. Um, I am feeling grateful and proud of showing up and trying something new. But I'm also equally disappointed in this experience. Um, it's not all bad. It's just not what I ho had hoped for. And that's speaking to what I was talking about earlier. I'm also longing to be home with people who love me and support me and to be back in a community of like-minded people. Even if the majority of that community are acquaintances, like I miss dancing, you know, that's kind of what I'm speaking to here. I just, I miss dancing. I miss being around the energy of people who love dancing. Like I will never take dancing for granted ever again. I promise. <laughs> um, and a couple other things. I'm struggling with a couple money blocks. I feel like I'm stuck on a mountain and I'm unable to go anywhere and do anything, especially things that I'd planned on doing when I was out here because of my financial kind of pickle that I've put myself in. Um, yeah, I knew California taxes were bad, but I didn't realize that they taxed even people who are basically on the poor level of California living, like as much as they do. Like I do not make a lot of money out here, you guys. Like I'm making enough money to pay my bills. And unfortunately, like that's it. Like I really thought I was going to be making enough to be able to go out at least on one adventure a week, you know, like an artist date down the mountain. Um, and I'm just realizing in order to accomplish my financial goals and pay my bills, like that's just not possible. So I am stuck here up on the mountain. And um, that is another big reason why I'm disappointed in this experience. I thought I was gonna be able to travel around a little bit, you know, humbly, but this is not the case. And so it's all kind of just crumbling down. Like I really am isolated. I really am in a cave <laughs> um, in my little own little special corner, my own special room, um, my chair. Oh, wait, no. In my own special corner, in my own special chair. Yeah. I can be whatever I want to be. So instead of letting myself be a victim to that situation, I'm just going to keep using this time to the best of my ability, um, doubling down on my self-care, doubling down on sleep, and just kind of restoration. Um, because it would be a waste for me not to enjoy this time. Like, when am I ever going to have this a time like this again where... I'm doing a job that's like fun and easy. Like I don't have I don't have any bills up here. I mean, yeah, I have bills back in Dallas, but 
like I have nothing to do. I have so much free time. I have no distractions. And that's kind of been the best part about this whole experience is just being with myself and talking to myself and writing with myself and dancing with myself. It's just like me, 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 me. And I'm obsessed. And I think the thing is, is that I've gotten a lot of me time. And because I'm big on balance, I haven't gotten a lot of like community time. And so when I go to lean on the people that I'm surrounded by and then I'm disappointed, it's like a double disappointment because I can't just go and fill my cup somewhere else, right? Like I can't just go drive to LA and go to a salsa class or go to a dance class because guess what? That costs money. And it's an hour and a half away. So it's just like, damn, I'm so close, but I'm so, so far. Um, and that's kind of what I've been struggling with re- recently. Um, still feeling pings of agitation when I think about the lack of progress I'm making in my my vision, mission, and business, but I've minimized those, those little like frustration pings, um, down to what I think is, I would consider a soft whisper. And I'm still constantly apologizing to myself, um, for being frustrated, but you know, it just is what it is. And then also, um, I'm struggling with both big and subtle waves of grief and sadness. Um, two things that have definitely visited me this week, lots of crying. Um, but coupled with that, I've also experienced massive waves of inspiration and ideas for how to move forward, which leads me into what I'm focusing on. Y'all apparently I got a lot to say this week. God dang. Um, we're not even through the intro. So things I'm focusing on to help combat these struggles. Um, I'm s- slowing down to go fast. Like I know I spoke about that a couple weeks ago, but I am really taking my time to let my vision come to me without trying to force it into my reality. Like this week, instead of vigorously refinishing this 12-week yearbook, I stopped myself because, and I said, I will continue reading this book when I've done the homework that it's told me to do. And the homework it's telling me to do is to build out my vision and then build out my goals and then build out my plan. But the thing is, I haven't gotten super clear on my vision yet. I'm letting it unfold and I'm slowing down to go fast. So all week I was like not forcing it. I wasn't pushing it. And guess what? Like two or three nights ago before I fell asleep, like I had boom, 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 like three, four, five different ideas just like enter my head randomly right before I was about to fall asleep. And so and I was like, I'll remember it in the morning. And, but I was like, no, 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 you won't. You silly little girl. And so I took my phone out even though I tried not to be on my phone before I go to sleep. And I typed out what I was thinking really quick. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll just record myself talking and I'll just say it out loud and then I'll go back and and write it down later. But all these things came to my, came to the forefront of my, my brain. I was just like, Whoa, I never put that and that together before and that and that together. And like, it's, it's exciting. And I was like, it's working. So I'm going to keep continuing. I'm going to continue to do that. Um, and even though I really wanted to start this 12 week year, like last week, um, which I am sort of doing in a, in a way, like I am sort of doing it with my 2020, like maybe this first 12 weeks is just me completing my 2020. And I'm totally open to that because that is like my goal for these 12 weeks is focusing on my habits and my routines, my rituals that keep me healthy and implementing them so much to the point where they're, they are a habit, where they are just a a part of me, right? Where I don't have to think about them anymore. Um, and so then maybe the next 12 weeks from there will, will be like, by the time I get, 
by the time I get halfway through this 12 weeks, maybe I'll have all the information for the next 12 weeks, you know? So instead of trying to, instead of trying to control all of that and like force it, I'm just like, yo, if I know me, I know I do not like to be rushed. Okay. So we're just going to chill. I've got so much clarity already in terms of what I want to do and what it's going to look like and who I want to work with. I'm just going to keep collecting that data as it comes to me, literally in a notes app in my phone that just says ideas. You know, I probably have 14 of those, but the one that's most recent and just start putting things together, like in my morning pages. I've also, um, something else I've been focusing on, I've been reading, I've been reading my morning pages back to myself and taking notes on like the things that pop out to me, like the things that I value the most and also the things that hurt my feelings the most, i.e. being unheard and feeling uh, unvalued or not valued in relationship. Those are like my two, what I've realized, like my two massive massive wounds. Um, I was reading back journal entries from when I was still in relationship with my ex and, or in, and when we were breaking up and just talking about like, it's like, yes, our relationship was wonderful, but there were so many times where I felt like he didn't know me or I felt misunderstood or I felt unseen or I felt unheard or, you know, whatever, like, um, and whether that was warranted or not, it, it's not important. Just that's just how I felt. Right. Um, I've, you know, same thing with like just different experiences I've had with different people that I've come in contact with, like that have popped up in my journal. I'm just like, but they all come back to the same wound. And that is feeling unseen, feeling unheard, feeling misunderstood. Um, massive, massive wound. And, you know, I'm sure that comes from a bunch of different places, but Every time it comes up, man, it hurts. It freaking hurts. And I turn into a little sad baby every time it happens. It happened to me last week. Maybe it was this week. I can't even remember because it was just like, it probably over something silly. Um, um, so like I said, I've been continuing to read the 12-week year, but I'm not moving forward until I build out my vision like in a really, really clear way. I'm focusing on patience and how to navigate my triggers without lashing out at people. We talked about that. I'm focusing on advocating for myself and knowing when to pull back my energy. Spoke on that. Focusing on discernment, knowing when something is for me and when it's not, when it's time to pivot. And I think I'm starting to close the gap between noticing when when something's not for me anymore and taking action on that. I think in the past it's it's taken me days, weeks, months, years. Um and now I'm getting better at it. It's like, oh, I really, I'm starting to need less time. Like maybe now it's a couple months, you know, versus, you know, six plus months, a year, years, stuff like that. So discernment's really important to me, especially in situations that have to do, that have to do with like my money. Right. Um, and also my energy. Cause I mean, they're, they're both currency. Um, and I think, I think that they, they go hand in hand in a lot of ways. I'm also focusing on prioritizing my energetic alignment, which again, goes hand in hand with everything I'm talking about. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, I mean like focusing on my energetic alignment, like even though I don't know exactly what my purpose is or where I'm going to quote unquote end up, like I, I'm focusing on what my next right step is, right? Like, and my next right step 
I'll only know it from like my gut, from my intuition. Um, and my intuition is influenced by my surroundings. It's influenced by my the people I'm around. It's influenced by the energy that's or like the, the way that I feel when I'm around these people, these places, these things. And it's just my job to become super sensitive to that attunement. And so I'm prioritizing that. It's a massive priority for me right now. Um, especially, especially as I think about where I want to go and where I want to be and who I want to be around. Right. Um, I want the vibes to feel good. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm also focusing on letting the knowing of being in limbo to just be what it is and to continue to surrender to what is happening and aligning with what will be. So I feel like I'm in a massive state of limbo right now. I feel like I've been in limbo for a long time for a long time but just in different ways but right now feels like a true true like i'm in the i'm in the goop of a chrysalis right now which is good because it means that i'm i ate up i'm i've been eating up all the nutrient dense leaves as a caterpillar and i'm getting all fat and happy and sassy and then like now i'm in a chrysalis and i'm i'm turning to mush like there's so many parts of me that i'm shedding and there's so many pieces of my of of the there's so many unnecessary pieces of the puzzle that like I've gotten rid of right like it's like I had a it's like I got this massive box full of puzzle pieces and like half of them were were from a different puzzle you know it's it's just there to confuse me and so I've just been slowly picking out those pieces and then flipping over the ones that are meant for me um and so like that's the chrysalis it's like you just dump like you dumped the box on the table you've sorted out all the ones that don't belong, you flipped all the pieces upwards and it's like, now we have to build the frame, you know, but I can't put the frame yet. Cause I'm still in the goop of a chrysalis. Don't you love all these analogies just plumped into one? It's so fun. Or metaphors. What are they called? I don't know. English is hard, but anyway, I just feel like a bunch of goop right now. And, um, it's like organized goop though, right? It's, it's those puzzle pieces, but they're all flipped up. Like, you know, there's a picture there, but now we just have to start putting the puzzle pieces together and finding which pieces fit where. And so just sitting in just sitting in the knowing that that's just what is, right? Sitting in the limbo, sitting in the goop, knowing, like knowing that you're going to create this beautiful picture, that you're going to become this beautiful butterfly. Like I know that that's happening. I know that, but it's still uncomfortable. And again, I'm just trying to increase my capacity for sitting in that discomfort. And so that's what I've been struggling with. That's what I've been focusing on. Maybe you're going through the same thing. Maybe you're not. Um, but it, it, it's a lot. And I'm trying to take it day by day. And to be honest, sitting here talking it out with you guys makes me feel so much better about it. <laughs> because when I'm just kind of sitting there thinking about it in my head, it just kind of turns into a lot. It kind of turns into a lot. And then I, I get overwhelmed and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And then I start like, I'm like on LinkedIn and I'm like, who do I know? And I'm like, how do I start this? And how come I don't have a website and I don't have any money and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, bro, what what is that doing for you? Like, let's be honest. You're just creating your own, your own suffering. Oh, excuse me. And if we could just like not do that, that would be, that would be ideal, I think. Yeah. So let's do, let's just not do that. Let's not create our own suffering. Great. So that being said, um, I also wanted to add in here things that have inspired me recently. And, and this is going, this is going back to kind of 
it's kind of like artist date-ish, you know, where I didn't really go on an artist date this week because I only had one day off. And um, my artist date was kind of just my my full day on Sunday, just doing whatever I wanted. Like I took a nap, I ate food, I danced, I laid down, I trolled on my phone. I just kind of let myself just be unproductive. And to me, that's that meant a lot to me because I've been really focusing probably too much on being productive. And so some things that I let myself do this week is I just kind of, I well, the one thing I did do intentionally was I wanted to watch this new show on Netflix, I think. Netflix or, or one of the streaming platforms called Dance Life. And uh, this show, it made me cry. Happy tears. Um, I saw like a reel about somebody talking about it. They're like, if you've ever been a dancer or if you've ever loved dance, then watch the show and you're going to cry your eyes out. And I did. And they were right. Uh, it's this basically this show that's based in Australia. Um, it's a documentary about these uh, kids straight out of high school um, who go to dance full time, go to train and dance full time at this um, performing arts center in Sydney. And it's really intense and it's it's industry level performing and technique and training. And these kids are like, I mean, they're, they're young. You can just, they're so passionate and they're so eager. And I could just cry thinking about it, watching it. Cause I'm just like, bro, like I've been in rooms like that. Like I have, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. I have felt what you're feeling. And even though they're like a way higher caliber dancer, it's like, it's like indescribable. Like this dancing, like being in that world of like going to conventions and being in a room with 500 other people all learning the same choreography. It's like going to church, like, you know, church for me, like the draw was like, I always got so emotional at church because everyone's focusing their energy on this one thing, like Jesus, God, whatever. And that was always so overwhelming for me because I'm so sensitive. And I was just like, wow, it's so powerful. And there's so much love energy just vibrating. But you get that same feeling in a room full of dancers at a convention who fucking love to dance, who are just fully in their creative, embodied, physical self, mental self, emotional self. Like it is like a total full body experience of joy and love and like hardship and discomfort and pain. And like, it's just, it's the most incredible athletic endeavor. Like it's artistic, it's athletic, it's, it's everything. Like to me, dance is the perfect art form, hobby, activity, workout. Like anyway, so I let myself watch this show and I just let myself just fucking cry. And like, I watched two episodes and I was just so inspired and I was so happy for these kids. And, and for like half a second, I forgot where I was, you know? I forgot that I was surrounding my people who don't understand what I'm what I'm seeing and you know maybe they're laughing at the show and maybe they're like what are we watching or maybe you know they're just like totally invalidating the experience but it didn't even matter cuz like I don't give a fuck like my experience is my experience and and I just like let myself go there in the show and I was just like this is so beautiful and I miss dance so so much because I think there's a piece of me that knows deep down that if I, re if I really wanted to pursue what they were doing, I could do it. 
Like deep down, it would take a lot of work and it would be really, really hard. But and maybe it's like not even that I, I know I could do it. It's just that I want to do it still. I still want to do it. And that's what's so crazy to me. That's what made me so emotional. I'm just like, whoa, like that's still there. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit in like the topic of the episode, but I let myself watch the show. And if you're a dancer, or if you're even, if you like art, if you like passion or creativity or anything, watch that show. It's just so beautiful. I just love the human experience. I love dance. I love documentaries. Great show. Totally, totally inspired me. Like it got me just like my brain was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, and then when I, if I ever go back to Dallas, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do dancing and yada, yada. And I was just like, my brain just went crazy. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe this is still in there. That's wild. And that got me excited. It like it reminded me that I'm still alive, you know, and I'm still young. And holy shit, this is making me emotional. What the hell? Oh, dance life. Love it. Big fan. I cannot wait to finish this the show i'm only two episodes in there's probably like 10 13 episodes and i'm only two in i'm only like an advocate hashtag sponsor me um so yeah dance in general has just been inspiring me a lot lately um janelle janestra she's a choreographer out here in la um you might you might know her um as like the creator of naughty girl fitness she's kind of been blowing up on tiktok and on instagram but she put out this routine called um to the song float by janelle uh by janelle Monet and I watched I was at work when she dropped that and I was on my phone I I watched that video easily 25 times back to back to back to back to back to back to back and each time I my smile got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger so much so to the point where I was like I I dm'd it to my friend uh to my best friend Prasia and I was like we have to learn this like I have to I have to learn this routine she's incredible like and I did learn it. That's what I spent yesterday doing. I spent yesterday learning at least part of the routine. And my God, am I sore today? Like, and it was so fun. But at the same time, it was a reminder that I am, I am out of practice. Like I am my poor body. Like I really thought I could do, I could do it like her. And bro, was I so wrong? I know I could, if I started, excuse me, I started flexing that muscle, those muscles again. I know I can get there, but right now I'm just like, so like there comes a point when you don't dance for a while, especially the way that Janelle Janestra dances, where you stop using your legs as much and you forget like, oh, like the more I use my legs, the easier these moves are. (laughs) And so I was just in my room and I realized looking back at all the videos that I took, I was just like, damn, I am not using my legs at all. Like mama's got to do more, more, uh, more goblet squats because I'm about to get these quads on and popping. So dance has just been really inspiring me lately. And I think that's important for me to know just in my own creative journey, because I tend to put dance on the back burner. I I tend to take dance for granted. Like I tend, dance has always been there for me, like fucking always. And for whatever reason, I think it's the thing that scares me the most to pursue because it's like, if I'm bad at the thing I love the most, like that would break my heart. <laughs> but if, but again, I talked about this last time, but like, if I'm, but if I'm bad at things I don't care that much about, then like no harm, no foul. And so I think that's, that's something I really need to focus on. Like I, I've actually read in my, read in one of my old past journal entries from like morning pages, day 30. Right. And I'm on, on day 121, I think. And I read, and it was just like, 
I, I put in there so succinctly. I said, I know dance is the gateway to my health coaching career. And I didn't, I didn't explain. I just said, I know this is true for me. And I was like, if, if you could have provided some more context, that would have been really great right now because then I would know what to do next. But like, appreciate it. Like, I'll take it and I will jot it down over here. And I did. And, but like, that's such something that I know. I know that dance is my key to that. I know dance is my key to helping people heal. I know dance is the key to me showing people how to play, how to be embodied, how to love their bodies more, how to express themselves more. Like dance is the key to all of that for me. And so the fact that I keep avoiding it is just like, it's just a new revelation of like, wow, I'm really self-sabotaging in this way, aren't I? Wow, 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 wow. And I was just starting to heat up right before, like in my dance career as a teacher, doing private lessons, doing my own classes before moving here. Granted, it wasn't enough money to sustain my life in Dallas at the time. But like, how interesting that I just like got up and ran away from that. Interesting. Hmm? Again, not lost on me. I lots of things are coming into are coming into my 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 clarity into my vision uh, a day at a time. Trust me. And as I'm saying it to you, I am noticing it for me, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to journal about that later. Okay, all right, cool. So yeah. Um. Oh, also another dance that inspired me was um, there's that TikTok trend that everyone's dancing to. Uh, it's the "Standing Next to You" by Jung uh, Jung Jung Cook. I think he's a K-pop dancer. It's like standing next to you. I saw that a couple weeks ago and I saved the video to learn the choreography and I never did. Even though I got so excited watching it. And now it's funny because like I'm still thinking about it. Like it hasn't gone away. Like little creative me still wants to do the dance. And so I think that's just like I'm putting I put that in here just to remind me like a bitch, like just just do what you want. Like every time you get a creative ping, freaking follow it, you silly goose. Um, so anyway, all these things have inspired me. All these dance things have inspired me. And it got me wanting to dance again and really start honoring my creative urges. Um, and I wrote in here when I found dance, when I found dance for the second time. So the first time I consider from like childhood all the way through college, that's like the first time I found dance because I never stopped dancing. But then I stopped for several years. And so when I found dance again two years ago through salsa and bachata, Latin dancing, it healed my relationship with dancing and my relationship with my body. And now that I've gone without it for two months, like I'm telling you, like I vow never to take it for granted or give it up ever again. Like I know dance is a massive key to the puzzle that is my destiny and my calling. Don't you love how I said that? Like my puzzle? Ha ha ha. Because ultimately I've been thinking, what if I went all in? What would happen if I really tried? What if? And because the thought of what if gets me so excited, I know that's... Wait, wait. Because it gets me so excited, that's how I know I'm meant to pursue it. Um, Another thing that's inspired me with dance is like, there's this reel that popped up on my Instagram of a man talking about hip hop and musicality. And I went to the page and it's called the, it's called the Flying Academy. And it's based in Berlin, Germany. Um, and as soon as I saw the video and I started watching all the videos, I was just like, holy shit, like 
I had this intuitive ping, like I want to move to Germany and train there for a month and then travel around for a month. Like I'm going to travel to Europe for two months and that's what I'm going to do. Do I know when? No. Do I know where? Or I mean, I know where, but do I know how? Absolutely not. But that's something I'm going to do before I die. Like that's added to my bucket list. I'm going to go train there with these incredible dancers for a month, two months. Maybe I'll live there. I want to live in Germany so bad. I've been looking for jobs in Germany on the internet. And then I realized I don't speak German. And so I can't even read the job descriptions. So there's that. Okay. All that being said, now that all of that is the first hour of the show, just getting you guys caught up in my life, sharing with you the things that are helping me, the things that I'm struggling with. I know you're so freaking curious and you look forward to this every week. I'm sure. Um, let's get into the topic of the week. And also I feel so bad for people who are just finding this podcast. Listen, it's the whole package, honey. I'm going to give you me and then I'm going to give you the tools. Okay. Or the, the, the lessons. Um, and the topic of this week is essentially letting your life's purpose unfold and enjoying the hero's journey, enjoying your hero's journey, really. And this whole topic kind of came about because I found, again, I'm a troller of the internet. If, if, I'm, if I'm anything, I am that. And this reel popped up of this guy, Josh. I think his last name is Zuba. Kazuba. It's spelled C-Z-U-B-A. This video that Josh, I'm going to call him Zuba, um, made popped up on my reels. Um, he's, a, he's a writer who's creating content on Insta about self-improvement and life reflections. And in his bio, it says, you know, it just says humanizing the internet, which I was like, my ty- you're my type of guy. Let's be honest. Um, and I want to play this video for you because it so succinctly spoke to, uh, like, ju- like exactly this, letting your life's purpose unfold while enjoying the hero's journey. Um, and I'm going to play it for you because, yeah, yes, did I write down the script? Did I transcribe the video? I did. Okay, but that's for ChatGPT purposes only. Um, and because the way that he says it is just so inspirational. And so I just want you to hear it and then we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Here we go. Folks, the results are in. The central narrative of your life is not based around bad habits. You have a cooler story and it's either happening right now or it's about to happen. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go out and find your purpose right now. It's something that will unfold over time. But just realize that this is an addition game. It's not about subtraction. If you feel like you're not in the best place, if you're not where you want to be and you're very acutely aware of what needs to change, please do not operate from a place of subtraction. I'm only going to be happy when I remove these negative things. The negative things will disappear naturally when you add in more exciting stuff, things that make you feel excited again. Things that bring you back to that sense of joy that you followed naturally as a kid. It's obviously easy to get disconnected from that as we drown in cheap dopamine and other sources of distraction. But the main point is that this story is supposed to be fun. It's not easy. It is challenging. It just forces you to face your shadow and all the parts of your psyche that you've consciously or subconsciously snipped away so you don't have to look at them. You're going to confront all of that. Those are the dragons. It's all within you. It's all difficult. Yes, it's meaningful. But add stuff in. It's supposed to be fun. Make it exciting. Do something fun. Go outside for a walk. Walk the dog. Get some sunlight in your face or some moonlight. This is your hero's journey. It's for you. You're on it. You're figuring it out. And you're still just a kid. So it's no pressure anyway. Folks. Okay, that was so much information, but holy shit, right? Your purpose is something that will unfold over time. It's supposed to be fun, making it make it exciting. That was like the pull quote that I pulled from from that. 
he touched on so many things. And when I saw this video, I just remember, like, my jaw dropped. I was just like, yeah. Like, thank you for saying all the things that I've been swirling around in my brain. Like, some, some, some major things that he pointed out. It's like, your whole purpose is not to just focus on all of your bad habits. It's not just to focus on the things that you're shitty at. Or, like, I, what I spoke about earlier. Spoked. What I spoke about. What language do I speak? Um, what I spoke about earlier is like the whole point, and I've fallen victim to this many, many times, and I continue to practice uh, my best, practice not doing that to my best ability. But like, we are not here to just fix ourselves. And I think um, a lot of us get stuck in that trap of like, well, you know, I like I want my body to be like this and like my body like my or I, if I learned this then I can do, then I'll be better at this and I'll like myself so much better if I acquire this degree or what you know it's like or because my have attachment wounds I can't be in relationship there yes like there are things that are unhelpful about us that come from trauma that come from negative experiences that we've had but that's not the whole reason why you're here you're the whole reason it's, that should not be the focus, right? That is not the focus. Those things, like what he said in the, in the video, like you don't just focus on those things. If you focus on adding the fun things back into your life, doing the things that make that make your soul come alive, that will naturally crowd out these negative things. Granted, sometimes unhelpful traits need extra special attention, right? And we do need to focus on them for a certain period of time. But the the thing he's trying to drive home is that that's not the point, right? That's not the whole point as to why you're here. The point of why you're here is to relate and to experience and to have fun and to play and to be creative, right? And you learn, you learn how to transmute those unhelpful behaviors along the way. The journey is not fixing those those behaviors. The journey is living your life and editing and pivoting as as you see fit, as you as you deem necessary. Um, and I just love, I just love all the things that he said, and I wrote them down, and I might read them back to you. The central narrative of your life is not based around bad habits. You have a cooler story, your hero's journey, and it's either happening right now or it's about to happen. Now, I'm not saying you need to go out and find your purpose right now. It's something that will unfold over time. I love that people are using the word unfold. It's amazing. It's so synchronistic. I love it. But just realize this is an addition game. It's not, a, it's not about subtraction. If you feel like you're not in the best place, if you're not where you want to be, and you're very acutely aware of what needs to change, Please do not operate from a place of subtraction with the idea that I'm only going to be happy when I remove these negative things. That's not helpful, by the way. The negative things will disappear naturally when you add in more exciting stuff, i.e. hobbies, creativity, more love, more joy, more things that light you up. He says, things that make you feel excited again, things that bring you back to that sense of joy that you followed naturally as a kid. Again, your inner artist child, right? Your inner creative child. 
It's easy to get disconnected to that as we drown in cheap dopamine and other sources of distraction. Your phone, overeating, oversexing, overdoing anything with an addictive uh, kind of behavior behind it. He says, this story is supposed to be fun. And I agree. It's not easy. It is challenging. It just forces you to face your shadow and all the parts of your psyche that you've consciously or subconsciously snipped away so you don't have to look at them, right? We all do that, right? We all push down or push away our ugly stuff so we can pretend like everything's fine and that we're having a good time. When really it's like, if you just moved through it, it would just go away. Don't be, don't be afraid of it. Sit in, the, sit in the discomfort. See yourself for who you are. Let the truth set you free. Let it be hard, you know, but then, but then you're free. He says, you're going to confront all of that. Those are the dragons in your hero's journey. It's all within you. It's all difficult. Yes, it's meaningful, but add stuff in. He's saying, yes, the hard stuff is meaningful. Going through the shadow is meaningful, but don't just let your whole life be your shadow. Don't let your whole life be slaying dragons. That is not the hero's journey. The hero's journey is you set, you, like you're set on a mission, you slay the dragon, and then you come home with more wisdom, right? You're not just always slaying dragons, right? You, you have to gain the wisdom and then, and then live in peace. Like that's the ultimate, the ultimate ending to the hero's journey is you're living in peace. So he says, it's, it's meaningful, but add stuff in. It's supposed to be fun. Make it exciting. Do something fun. Something as simple as going outside for a walk. Walk the dog, get some sunlight in your face or some moonlight. This is your hero's journey. It's for you. You're on it. You're figuring it out. And you're still just a kid. So there's no pressure anyway, which is my favorite part of that whole video. Like he's talking about all this, all this stuff. And then at the end, it's like, well, you're just a kid. So there's no pressure, which is true because it's just so validating for your inner child, your inner artist of like, exactly like, yes, I'm going to slay dragons, but like, like, after we play outside at recess, right? You know? In like a fun imaginary kind of way, right? <laughs> um, so that video kind of sparked the... I literally saw that and I saved it. And then I went into my calendar. I was like, record episode about Hero's Journey. And so I want to do a bit of a deep dive into the Hero's Journey because... I'm sorry. Let me adjust this. Sorry. Um, I've heard about the Hero's Journey. I know that it's an archetype for... Uh, story writing. However, um, like when, so this is what I wrote basically for the deep, deep dive of the hero's journey. When my ex and I were breaking up or like, like actively having the breakup conversation slash conversations, I remember I kept saying that we were meant to go off on our own to experience our own hero's journeys, hero journeys. And even though I find it bizarre that I would try to see the bright side of a situation while actively bawling my eyes out, I absolutely believe that that breakup was the next jumping off point for both of us to level up on our paths and figure out our shit. Um, and I do believe that like right now I am in the middle of a, hero, of a hero's journey. Like I am slaying some motherfucking dragons right now. Like, you know, and I think, um, and we're going to get into it where the hero's journey, like, for instance, the the plot of Star Wars is, is like an epic hero's journey. The plot of Beowulf is an epic hero's journey. The plot of, um, what was another movie example they gave? 
The Lion King is an epic hero's journey, which when we think hero's journey in cinema or in story writing, we think a literal hero who goes off and literally slays dragons and comes back with wisdom or whatever. And we're going to get into kind of um, the structure of a hero's journey um, in, ter in terms of story writing, but we're also going to get into kind of like, I think of the hero's journey as more of like an internal journey um, in a spiritual sense, in a creative sense. Like I think my creative journey is a hero's journey. I think my career journey is a hero's journey. I think my, just my overall spiritual journey is a hero's journey. Um, and for me, it's, it's more of a mental game. It's more of a metaphor of, of my life and an, an internal journey um, of self-development versus like a literal you know, I mean, yeah, did I literally move across the country into my own little cave in the mountains? I did literally do that. Um, but the only dragons to slay here are still inside my head. <laughs> um, so let's get into just kind of some background so you guys have a context of what I'm talking about. And then and then we can relate it to kind of like just like the mental capacity of of what it can of what it can look like to be on a hero's journey. Um, so. Basically, the person who, who coined this term is, to my knowledge, Joseph Campbell. It says the heroes... I found this article on... It's called ProWritingAid.com. And the article is called uh, Deep Dive, Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. I love that we're on the same wavelength. Hannah Yang. She's a speculative fiction author. Um... And I just pulled a couple paragraphs that I thought were important. So it says, The hero's journey is an archetypal narrative structure found in stories from cultures all over the world. Um, hold that thought. Okay, perfect. Because it's such a universal narrative structure, the hero's journey is also known as the monomyth. The monomyth. The single great story with many variations. Um, the term was coined by Joseph Campbell, shout out, he's probably related, an American writer and editor who was fascinated by myths from various cultures and literary traditions. He noticed that many heroic stories follow the same narrative stages, no matter which culture or time period they come from. Since 1949, countless stories have used the hero's journey archetype, from George Lucas's Star Wars to Disney's Lion King. Um, so yeah, basically Joseph Campbell studied like mythology and philosophy and all this stuff and you know there's all these different archetype archetypes you can you can have for story structure like when you're writing literal stories or like screenplays or whatever and he was just like essentially all of these myth mythological stories from all these different cultures they kind of have the same vibe and so he's saying that there's like basically one archetype for all of them to in a sense called the monomyth which i'm like interesting Look at us Campbells. We're always analyzing stuff for no apparent reason. <laughs> Everyone's like, the stories are fine. Why do we have to organize them in this way? Um, so what are the three stages of the hero's journey? In its simplest form, the hero's journey can be described in three stages. Departure, initiation, and return. So kind of what I talked about earlier. I keep scratching my nose. Hang on. Give me one second. Oi, something is trying to get me. Um... So three stages, departure, initiation, and return. Departure, um, stage one, the hero leaves his home community, his home community to go on a quest. Like in movies, he's literally leaving 
and going on an actual literal quest. The initiation. Um, the hero faces trials and tribulations until he achieves victory on his quest. So literally, he's on his quest, and he's going to have to keep slaying dra dragons until, you know, keep trying to slay dragons until he actually slays one, right? That's his whole, his whole quest is to slay one dragon, and like, he's gonna, you know, some, maybe someone attacks him, and maybe his sword breaks, or, you know, whatever. He just, He's just going through it until he finally slays this dragon. And then stage three is the return. The hero goes home to his community with gifts and boons. Which, I don't know what boons mean, but I'm sure that just means, like, boons definition. We're getting educated together here, y'all. Oh, boon. A benefit favor slash favor, especially. One that is given in answer to a request. Right, we both learned it out here. Can you guys hear the rain outside? If, okay, if you can hear the rain this whole time, I'm so sorry, but maybe it's soothing for you. So yeah, so there's three stages. Departure, initiation, and return. And in most of these myths, like, this is literally happening. Like, they are literally going off. They're literally slaying their dragons, and they're literally coming back with, with the wisdom and the rewards that they reaped, right? Um, this is how Joseph Campbell summarized the hero's journey in his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, written in 1949. Um, and in his own words, he summarized, he summarized the hero's journey like this. He said, A hero ventures forth from the world of common day into a region of supernatural wonder. Fabulous forces are there encountered, and a decisive victory is won. The hero comes back from this, mis this mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man. Again, this is literally happening. What I am, what I want to bring to the table is the like when I think of the hero's journey, I do not think of it in a literal way at all. Like maybe that's just the femininity in me, like or whatever. But I think of like the hero's journey for me is like absolutely a mental one. It is absolutely like. Like, there's, like, well, you know what, let's just, before I move on, I'm going to get into um, the original structure of the hero's journey. So, those are the three stages. So, within these three stages, Camp Joseph Campbell actually broke them up into 17 different steps that happen on, on this journey, which gives it more context, and I think it's easier to, um, it's easier to see how you can relate it to a mental experience versus just a literal one. Um, because you can go on literal, you know, hero's journeys. Like if you're in the military, you literally go off and you literally fight in a war and you literally come back, like ho hopefully with knowledge and wisdom and let not so much drama, but you know, it happens. Um, or you like, you can literally go off to college and like you go through all your trials and tribulations and you slay your dragons of like overcoming party culture and actually getting good grades, you know, and doing something with your life and you know, whatever. Not that you have to go to college and do something with your life, but you know what I mean. That that you could make that your own hero's journey. Um, and honestly, I think I think you can go on a hero's journey in like all these different capacities at any given time. Like the same week, the same time, you can have one twelve week year. Or you can have two going at one time at different at different phases. You know. Um, and I find myself when I'm reading this hero's journey uh, structure that I'm about to read to you, like I'm like I'm going through this and like. I'm at different state, different steps in four or five different areas of my life, you know? 
So stage one, departure. Step one is the call to adventure. The hero receives an invitation to go on a quest. Step two, refusal of the call. At first, the hero hesitates to accept the invitation, either because the journey is too dangerous or because they have other obligations at home. So the call to adventure, I think of this as an intuitive ping, right? I see a show about dancing, I want to dance, right? Step two, refusal of, of the call. I'm like, uh, maybe I, I'm just kind of lazy today. I'm just feeling kind of like, eh, like, yeah, about it, right? That's like me. That's the danger. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of how I'm relating to this, these steps. So I'm going to kind of blow through these and try not to interject so much, but just kind of keep that, like, that's the kind of energy I'm, I'm, I'm reading this with. So step three, supernatural aid. Someone the hero looks up to inspires them to accept the call to adventure or gives them tools that will help them on their quest. You know, I am going to interject in this case, when I was 18, um, when I'm going to use my dance, my dance hero's journey, just as an example for this whole thing. When I was, when I was 18 or 19, I spoke about Janelle Janesta earlier. I actually went and took her class at a workshop once and she's like my, my dance idol. Okay. She's incredible. She used to dance for pink. She's danced for like all these celebrities. She's created her own empire. And she pulled me aside. She gave me a scholarship at this, con- at this dance convention. She pulled me aside and she pointed at me and she told me, she was like, you're a performer. You need to be out in LA training. And I cried and it meant the most to me. Like my, the dance person I look up to the most pulled me aside, took time out of their day, told me how special I was. Right. Supernatural. She was my supernatural aid. Right. And then then step four, crossing the threshold. The hero begins their quest and leaves the ordinary world and their everyday life. The only difference here with my dance life is that I never, I never crossed the threshold into that dance world. I never went and trained in LA. I never, I kind of just, I took that and I was like, that's enough. That's all I need. You know, and then I kept, I kept moving on with my life. I just thought it'll never happen for me. So this was enough. And so then I just, my hero's journey just kind of ended there for a very long time. Until now, maybe. I don't know. So num- uh, number four, crossing threshold. The hero begins their quest and leaves the ordinary world um, and their everyday life. Step So like in an imaginary world, I would have moved to LA. That would have been me crossing the threshold to go train. Or even to Dallas or anywhere where I could have trained uh, professionally. Step five, belly of the whale. The hero encounters the first real danger in their quest and wonders whether or not to turn back, but ultimately pushes forward. So departure, call to adventure, supernatural aid, crossing the threshold, and belly of the whale. That's stage one. Stage two is initiation. Step six, road of trials. The hero undergoes several trials and learns from their mistakes. Step seven, meeting with the goddess. The hero meets a mentor figure or ally who offers help or advice. Step eight, woman as temptress. The hero encounters temptations that threaten to steer them away from their heroic journey, which they must nobly avoid. Which, temptation could be anything. It could be any of your addictions. It could be the things that you know you need to change. Um, yeah. Step nine, atonement with the fa- <clears throat> atonement with the father. The hero undergo- undergoes a personal metamorphosis 
but confronting an aspect of their own character that has been preventing them from achieving success, such as their own fear, greed, or self-doubt. So step step nine is literally when you come face-to-face with your shadow and with your own self-sabotaging behavior. Step 10, apotheosis. The hero transforms into a better person and goes forward with new insight and clarity on what they must do to win. I feel like I am in this stage of my... I think I'm in the apotheosis step of my creative hero's journey. Yeah, my creative hero's journey and my career hero's journey because I think that they're one and the same. Which is interesting. So I'm so close, right? But I'm so far. Um, But it's like I'm also oscillating between the road of trials, the meeting with the goddess, the woman as temptress, atonement of the father, and the apotheosis. So I'm I'm just in the initiation phase. I mean stage. Whereas like the departure stage, I'm already out the gate. Like I got it. Like I'm pushing forward. Now I'm in the initiation stage and I'm kind of oscillating between these, these, these steps. So step 11, ultimate boon. The hero achieves victory in their quest. So it's like, I'm so freaking close. Stage three, the return. Step 12, refusal of return. Excuse me. At first, the hero is reluctant to go back to the familiar world, the familiar world after their exciting journey and transformation. I can totally see me doing that. Step 13, magic flight. Even though the hero has achieved victory on their quest, they still face dangers as they try to return home. Step 14. Rescue from without. An outside alley or mentor helps guide the hero safely home. Um, Step 15. Crossing the return threshold. The hero returns to the familiar world and tries to adjust to their old life. Step 16. Master of two worlds. The hero finds a balance between their home life and the person they become on their quest. Step 17, freedom to live. The hero gets used to their normal life and lives peacefully. Now, I'll tell you this much. As I'm thinking about like the, all the different areas of my life, I have successfully completed a hero's journey when it comes to my relationship with my family, when it comes to my father wound. Right? I remember the refusal of return. I remember the, you know... Even though I've achieved victory on my quest, I still face dangers on how to return home. Like, um, with my dad, with like the, our relationship, um, I, I I've completed this cycle when it comes to how I show up in my familial relationships. I believe how I show up in my relationship with myself, and I'm really proud of that. So it's like those two check check, you know. But now it's like I've got these other ones to do, and I'm like, dang it. And even my hero's journey of like in my romantic relationships, I'm sure. Where am I at? I'm. I think I've completed that one too. Like, yes, but like, you're not. It doesn't mean you're gonna st- not still endure heartbreak and stuff like that. It just means that like, I think that the work that needed to be done, like the call to to arms, the call to actions, like I've I've followed those. I've followed them through to the nth degree. There's always still more to learn, but like I'm. I feel very at peace with my relationship with myself. I feel very at peace with my relationship with my father and with my family. I feel very at peace with my relationship and how I show up in my romantic relationships. 
right? Like I healed a lot of stuff in my last relationship, like a lot of stuff. Like I think I was on a, a hero's journey the whole, the whole time, like romantically the whole time I was with my ex because I was learning so much about myself. And there were so many pings of like, okay, yeah, this isn't helpful and this isn't helpful. And like, we're going to, we're going to do our best, but we're going to follow it through to the end. You know, there was a lot of self-soothing and there was a lot of like, come to Jesus meetings with myself, but we freaking did it. But that gives you some kind of um, context to like what the actual hero's journey is when people talk about it. Like this is the archetype and this is like, like, and these, these things like literally happen when you're watching a movie with this archetypal storyline or in a, in a book. Um, some criticism that Joseph Campbell has gotten about his hero journey is that it does favor male protagonists. Again, this is if we're talking about it literally. Um, a tale about a hero leaving home to seek adventure in an outside world. In contrast, stories about women often involve looking inward instead of looking outward because of the domestic roles that women have traditionally been expected to fulfill. It also says the, uh, the concept of the heroine's journey also known as the female hero's journey, was developed in 1990 by Maureen Murdoch, a psychotherapist and a student of Joseph Campbell, in her book, The Heroine's Journey, Women's Quest, Women's Quest for Wholeness, which makes me laugh because I'm literally reading this and I'm like the hero's journey that Joseph Campbell wrote and like I can only read it about an inward journey. Like I don't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't even fathom in my mind. I can't even fathom that it's like a literal story because it sounds so silly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Murdoch wrote, um, she said, the feminine journey is about going down deep into the soul, healing and reclaiming while the masculine journey is up and out to spirit, which maybe a lot of men can relate to it in a, like a literal hero's journey, like going off and, and taking the adventure. Like, um, like my brother, he joined the military and that changed his life. Like he literally physically went on a mental, physical like journey with the military he went to korea and he came back and you know then he moved to to las vegas and he went on a literal journey where he left the coop and and figured out his shit and for me like i have gone on literal journeys but ultimately it's all been a mental game for me it's all been an internal deep soul journey like the through line because i think i i have small hero journeys and then i think i have my big hero journey which is just my whole life and actually i can i can probably pinpoint the, begi the 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 beginning of the hero's journey in my conscious awakened life to a very specific day and that that was the day that i that i spoke about in probably one of my first couple episodes when i looked at myself in the mirror and and told myself i was going to take care of myself from this point forward and it's when i became vegan and i had that whole come to jesus meeting with myself that was the beginning of my hero's journey with myself right and then I've had like, that's like the overarching one. And then, then I have, like, I've had like mini ones, like in romantic, like relationships in, you know, with my food, with my habits, with like this and that, with my creativity. Um, I'm always being called and, and, and pulled in directions with my intuition all the time. And I feel like that is the call for the quest, right? Um, so that's some background on the hero's journey. And because I wanted to do some research too, because I never actually looked into it to looked into it, looked into it. I always kind of just had a general idea, which I think I was correct in what I thought, but now I know for sure. And so that leads me into like this next um, subsection, like letting your purpose unfold. So I came across another video clip um, by this man named Michael Mead, 
that spoke about answering the call to become a unique person in the world and how that calling keeps calling no matter how old you get. Um, I said, this is faith. This is surrender. This is relinquishing control of what you think you're supposed to be doing. Um, this is where play and creative recovery comes in. This is where the fun happens, where the meat of your story is. Yes, the hard parts make it interesting, but that's only the half of it. The hard parts are meant to give perspective and wisdom so you can enjoy the real story you're meant to live. This is where the cooler story unfolds, which is tying it back to that original clip. Um, and I think I'm going to play you that one. I'm just here to play you reels on the internet. Like, you thought you were only going to get this on your phone? No, sir. You're going to get this on my podcast, too. I like what he said. Here we go. No matter how old you get, the calling keeps calling. The calling is very specific to the individual, and you can live 50, 60, whatever number of years, and the calling keeps calling. It's an essential part to our soul. We're not here just to fit in. You have to fit in enough not to get arrested. But, <laughs> but beyond that, we're here to answer the call and become a unique person. You, you know that idea? Remember the uh, Miguel de Unamuno, the Spanish poet philosopher? He said, you want to live in such a way that when you die, everybody, everyone knows something is missing in the world. That's, that's our job, is to live and, and make enough soulful mistakes that we're not easily forgotten. I'm trying to say these things as an antidote to what's happening in the culture, which I think is going to continue to be very difficult. Yeah, so the main message there is the calling keeps calling. like, And and that's exactly what I was speaking to earlier about me and dance. Like, dancing, I keep, I keep running away from it, and it keeps tracking me down. And holding me a gunpoint. I'm like, bitch, god dang, okay, I hear you. Jesus. Uh, take it easy. Um, like, I'm just always going to be a dancer, no matter what. It lives inside of me, no matter how much I try to deny it, no matter how much it scares me, you know? It's just the calling is going to keep calling. And that's what makes me unique. That's what makes me me. That is my juice. That is my life's purpose. I don't know if it's if it's if it's supposed to look the way that other people think it's supposed to look, but that is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I have no idea what that looks like right now, but it's starting to reveal itself to me slowly every day when I show up to my morning practice, when I watch things that inspire me, when I'm, when I, when I engage in the act of dancing. Um, and so this, this faith piece of like trusting your calling, letting your purpose unfold, like all of this was spoken to in the last chapter of, you guessed it, The Artist's Way. I finally finished the book. I still have to read the epilogue. Um, I like to read the like the last bits and pieces of, of the book. Um, there's some question and answer sections that I'm going to read still. But like, I finished the book finally, like a 12-week course. I easily took 24 weeks to complete it. I was averaging about a chapter every two weeks on purpose because secretly I told you this before I did not want this book to end like when I finished reading chapter 12 I literally closed the book and I kissed it I said I love you you're my favorite book I've ever read um and that's the truth and so I wrote a little something about uh that's gonna lead me into reading you the best I, I, I 
took out the best pieces of this last chapter, and I'm going to read them to you because I think that they are just, they speak to exactly the idea of letting your purpose unfold, having faith, surrendering, and relinquishing control of what you think you're supposed to be doing. Like, and so this is what I said. I said, I finally finished all 12 chapters and a part of, of this book, and a part of me is so incredibly sad that it's over, but also so incredibly inspired and blessed to know it in to know it in its entirety. The final chapter spoke to the things I needed to hear most, of course, in what feels like, again, divine timing. I've been reading this book at about the pace of a chapter every two weeks, which has strung out over the la- which has strung out the three-month course into a six-month course. But my God, did I need six months to read this book. It has single-handedly changed my life. It's changed me. I am not the same person I was when I started this book. I don't have the same thoughts. I don't have the same feelings. And even if my life path doesn't feel crystal clear yet, I certainly have a shitload more clarity now than I did before. I don't feel as lost now. And when I do, the feeling fades almost as quickly as it did as it showed up. Um wait, what the hell? What did I just say? And when I do, the feeling fades almost as quickly. Oh, it, oh my god. I'm a silly, silly goose. What the, let me let me start. Let me start that sentence. Okay. And even if my life path doesn't feel crystal clear yet, I certainly have a shitload more clarity now than I did before. I don't feel as lost now. And when I do, the feeling fades almost as quickly when I show up to my morning pages and greet myself with the, with an I love you and a good morning gorgeous. I feel more creatively free. Even though I haven't fully dove into my creative expression, I have a knowing that I will. That I'm on my way. Just focusing on one thing at a time for, for now. But I'll be there soon. That being said, I wanted to share the main themes Julia talks about in uh, week 12, recovering a sense of faith, because it perfectly describes the work I know I need to continue doing in this part of my journey to get where I know I'm meant to be. So in this chapter, the first section she titles trusting. And again, I pulled the best pieces of each of each uh, section together. There's trusting mystery the imitate the imagination at play and escape velocity so trusting creativity requires faith faith requires that we relinquish control this is frightening and we resist it our resistance to our creativity is a form of self-destruction we throw up roadblocks on our path on our own path why do we do this in order to maintain an illusion of control Depression, like anger and anxiety, is resistance, and it creates dis-ease. This manifests itself as sluggishness, sluggishness, confusion, and I-don't-know energy. The truth is, we do know what we do know that we know. <laughs> That's a real sentence that she wrote, and I'm obsessed. Each of us has an inner dream that we can unfold if we... There's that word again, unfold. Haha, <laughs> it's like I'm onto something here. Every time, ever since I've made this podcast, like unfolding has just been popping up everywhere for me. Talk about synchronicity. Each of us has an inner dream that we can unfold if we will just have the courage to admit what it is. 
with me that's wanting to dance really good. <laughs> and the faith to trust our own admission. The admitting often, often very difficult. What the heck? I made a typo. I don't even know what this is trying to say. What the hell? What the heck? What the heck? Not me flipping through these pages. Okay. I don't want to read it to you wrong. That would be worse than copyright. Oh, okay. And the faith to trust our own admission. Is that what I said? No. That's not what I said. Each of us has a, no. Each of us has an inner dream. Okay. Each of us has an inner dream that we can unfold if we will just have the courage to admit what it is and the faith to trust our own admission. The admitting is often very difficult. Oh my God. I couldn't add a Y after ver. Jesus. I'm an idiot. A deering, a deering affirmation can often open the channel. One excellent, one excellent one is I know the things I know. Another one is I trust my own inner guide. Either of these will eventually yield as a sense of our own direction, which we will often then promptly resist. There is a path for each of us. When we are on our right path, we have a sure footedness, which that's exactly how I feel right now. Like I know I'm on my right path internally. It's just matching my internal and external worlds. She finishes this section with, we know the next right action, although not necessarily what is just around the bend. By trusting, we learn to trust. Which that right there, by trusting, we learn to trust. It's like by playing and adding fun into your life, you learn how to play and have fun, right? Like you just have to, you have to do it to, to learn like the, the art is in the doing, not in the thinking of the doing, right? The next section she labels mystery. And it says, it is true that insights may come to us as flashes. It is true some of these flashes may be blinding. It is, however, also true that such bright ideas are preceded by a gestation period that is interior, murky, and completely necessary. So it's like, yes, we will have bright ideas and they will sometimes blind us, but you cannot have a bright idea without first having darkness, right? Darkness in your cave. Um, she says, ideas like stalactites and stalagmites form in the dark inner cave of consciousness. They form in drips and drops, not by squared off building blocks, which I'm obsessed that that sort of rhymes. We must learn to wait for an idea to hatch. Mystery is the heart of creativity. That and surprise. All too often, when we say we want to be creative, we mean that what we really mean is that we want to be able to be productive. As creative channels, we need to trust the darkness. Creativity requires a respectful reticence. The truth is that this is how to raise the best ideas. Let them grow in the dark and in mystery. Let them form on the roof of our consciousness. Let them hit the page in droplets. Trusting the slow and seemingly random drip, we will be startled one day by the flash of, oh, that's it. Which I love this, like, the slow drip of 
of, you know, a spark of an, an intuitive ping. Like that's what I've been experiencing this last week is a slow drip. It's like drip coffee. Like the drip coffee is always the strongest in caffeination, right? Because it had the longest time to process. And so it has like the most bang for its buck. Um, but guess what? Guess what coffee tastes like shit? The coffee that is freaking blown through with some freaking hot water in a little plastic pod. I mean, sometimes it tastes good. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing worse than like burnt coffee, right? Because the water was too hot and it didn't process long enough. And it's just like, ew, like coffee is such a, it can be such a delicacy or it can be a terrible experience at a, at a subpar diner that sells you steaks that are still pink, right? Only speaking from experience here, obviously. Um, so I love that. Like the truth is that uh, she says, let them form on the roof of our consciousness. Let them hit the page in droplets. Trust this slow and seemingly random drip. Um, trusting the slow and seemingly random drip, we will be startled, startled one day by the flash of, oh, that's it. Literally me laying in bed. I spent the whole day just kind of like pussyfooting around. And then as soon as I lay my head down on the pillow and give myself a moment to think or to just, you know, be alone with my thoughts, it's like, bing, 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 bing. Now, whether all those ideas get used or not, not the point. But I know for sure one of them will be. And I just know that because I just do. Because <laughs> I know me, you know. It's just about time and place and resources. So I love that. So we had trusting, we had mystery, and this section is called the imagination at play. She says, we are an ambitious society, and it is often difficult for us to cultivate forms of creativity that do not directly serve us and our career goals. Hashtag guilty. Recovering urges, recovery urges our re-examining definitions of creativity and expanding them to include what in the past we called hobbies. Creative living argues that hobbies are, in fact, essential to the joyful life. She says spiritual, be spiritual benefits accompany the practice of a hobby slash accompany. Uh, they accompany play, the practice of play. It is a paradox of creative recovery that we must get serious about taking ourselves lightly. We must, we must work at learning to play. Literally, like, it, the, it is such a paradox. We think like we have to be so serious all the time. That's how we're going to get work done. But really it's like the rest and digest is what makes us, is what makes us more productive. The play is what makes us more able to be more serious when we need to be, because it's like, there's a balance that needs to be had. We get more ideas. The more we stop thinking about trying to get ideas, right? That's the paradox. Um, it says as gray as gray, I love this, as gray, as controlled, as dreamless as we may strive to be, the fire of our dreams will not stay buried. The embers are always there, stirring in our frozen souls like winter leaves. What beautiful imagery. I'm going to read that again. As gray, as controlled, as dreamless as we may strive to be, the fire of our dreams will not stay buried. The embers are always there. Stirring in the frozen souls. Oh my God. Do I know how to read? Stirring in our frozen souls like winter leaves. You're either losing your mind or gaining your soul. Life is meant to be an artist date. 
That's why we're, that's why we were created. I am obsessed with this imagery. It's like, yes, no matter how much you try to play into capitalism, how much you try to do the hustle and grind, like your creative impulses, your creative inner child is always going to want what it wants. The calling is always going to be there like embers in a fire. All it's waiting for is for you to stoke it and to let it just catch a blaze. That's it. So you can live this colorful, vibrant, warm, full, fiery, lit up life. <laughs> and it's like, and even, even though she's like, she's like, as much as we want to be controlled and gray and like dreamless, you know, our dreams never go away. Like the guy, like the guy in the video, the Michael Mead guy, he was easily in his, his late seventies. He's like, the calling never goes away. If you wanted to be a dancer when you're seven, you're going to want to be a dancer when you're 77. And to me, I'm just like, <sighs> I've got to start. I've got to, I've got to make some headway on this dancer thing, because if I don't like, I'm going to live with regret when I'm old. And like, I don't have any regrets right now, but like, I will regret that. That's probably the one thing I re I'll regret is just not pursuing dance to my fullest potential, you know, in whatever way that looks like. <sighs> anyway, moving on. So that is the imagination at play. And then this is the final um, section. It says es escape velocity. She says, as recovering creatives, uh, many of us find that every time our career heats up, we reach for our nearest wet blanket, aka self-sabotage. We blurt out our enthusiasm to our most skeptical friend. In fact, we call them up. If we don't call, they call us. This is the test. She says, make a list. Those friends who will support me. Make another list. Those friends who won't. Name your WBs for what they are. Wet blankets. Wrap yourself in something else. Dry ones. Do not indulge or tolerate anyone who throws cold water in your direction. Forget good intentions. Forget they didn't mean it. Remember to count your blessings and your toes. Escape velocity requires the sword of steely intention and the shield of self-determination. Set your sights and don't let the ogre that looms on the horizon deflect your flight. Set your sights and don't let the ogre that looms on the horizon deflect your flight. I'm obsessed with this last line because it goes perfectly in the hero's journey theme that we've got going on of like, just because there's an ogre on your journey does not mean that you don't take your journey. Like, bitch is an ogre. You're going to slay that motherfucking ogre, bro. That is nothing but a trial and a tribulation on the way to your, your destiny, your destiny path, right? And so that is letting your, letting your purpose unfold and a deep dive into the hero's journey. And I've got some final anecdotal thoughts for you. Or just final thoughts and anecdotes, maybe. Really quick, I said, I'm so sick and tired of focusing on everything I'm not good at. I'm done and have been done buying into the idea that I'm some broken toy that needs to be fixed to live a full, vibrant, creative, and playful life. Are there things that I'd like to improve upon? Yes, absolutely. But I refuse to believe that that's the whole point. I think we're here to have fun and relate, and in doing those things, we will naturally improve our lives. Self-development will happen along the way on our hero's journey, 
It won't be and isn't the whole point of it. The point is to set forth in a direction we intuitively feel called to pursue. Slay whatever dragons that get in the way of that, i.e. an unaligned relationship, bad jobs, attachment wounds, addictions, distractions, the list goes on. Learn from our mistakes and rejections and to keep pushing forward until we feel at peace with the lives we've built, our purpose, and with ourselves. I think it's both simple and complicated, but I like the idea of adding to your life and focusing on the things you enjoy, your creativity, and your passions, and pursuing those things to create fulfillment versus only focusing on your pitfalls and quote-unquote imperfections as motivation. I think the former is more sustainable and a hell of a lot more fun, personally, and is exactly what I intend to do moving forward. No more pushing and prodding myself to produce. No more forcing a vision for my life or my next idea for how to make money. Each day, I'll continue showing up to my morning pages, to my reading, and to my exercise rituals with patience to listen for my inner knowing. I'll act on the creative urges I experience and do my best to let them take me where I'm meant to go, where I'm meant to flow, as cheesy as that sounds. I'll continue to watch and experience things that inspire me and use that energy to guide me to my next right step. As much as I wish I could see into the future and just know how it all turns out, it just doesn't work that way. The only way out is through, on the hero's journey, and I am no longer in a rush to wish my life away. I want to enjoy it for everything it is. My journey is my journey, and even though it, it's a pain in my ass, I'm proud to know that I'm finally in a place where I'm pursuing my calling, whatever it may be, with vigor and an unshakable faith. I know my purpose will and is revealing itself to me day by day. All I have to do is make sure I'm there to witness its unfolding. <sighs> and with that, I will leave you with some affirmations. We are just moving and grooving with these two-hour podcasts. Are you loving them? I feel like I just love a long, I just love a long pod, okay? It's a whole hero's journey, just this whole episode, right? So I'm going to leave you with some affirmations. And as always, um, hear them for yourself, should you so choose. Um, here we go. I love how my life unfolds so effortlessly in front of me. I love the way I feel when I creatively express myself. I feel loved when I creatively express myself. I cultivate more fun into my life. I let go of control. I let go of the need to fix. I honor myself and my specialness. I'm excited to be alive and to witness myself in this process of growth. I love sharing myself and figuring out who I am every day. I let my life unfold with ease. I respect myself and trust myself to do what's best for me. I am a magically, I am a magical being who emanates light for those to see. 
I am free to do as I please. I love you. Thank you. So that is our show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 3rd motherfucking teen, bro. Um, as always, follow the pod on YouTube at Perfection Unfolding Pod or at Perfection Unfolding with Kara G. Follow us on Instagram at Perfection Unfolding Pod. You can follow me, your host, Kara G, at Kara G Campbell. You can also inquire about coaching. I do one-on-one coaching. If you want to just chop it up about some of the some of the topics I've discussed before, or if you're interested in any of the services I provide, check out my website at caragcoaching.com. I'm really going to start uh, implementing that more. I've got a lot of plans. A lot of this slow drip vision is coming to fruition, and I'm excited to start using my skills um, and, and helping people where, where I can. So... Oh, also, if you want to write into the pod, please email at perfectionunfoldingpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. None of y'all have emailed me. Hmm? What is that about? Make a fake email account. Email me anonymously right into the show if I know you already. Okay, do that for me, please. I love you guys. I will talk to you next Tuesday. Okay, bye.